Welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. I'm your host, Corey Graham. Join us here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where the independent new authors come first. Sitting down with me here right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable is author Amy Wilkerson. Amy, thank you for joining me here tonight. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me. It's really exciting. You have a new book out now. It's called Being Adopted. So could you tell me a little bit about it? Yeah, so it is a children's book written for younger adoptees. I didn't feel like there were any a ton of books out there that were really representative of the adoptee experience through the lens of an actual adoptee. And so I wanted to give voice to that population and support to younger adoptees. Hmm. Have you ever done anything like this before when it comes to writing a book or being published? No, this is my first time. Oh, congratulations. How long did this take you? The whole project took roughly a year from the time I had put everything down on paper to working with my illustrators to getting everything published. Amy, was there anything in particular, maybe an idea that came to you, something that happened in your life that sparked you to say, hey, I got to sit down and write this and tell the world about it? Yeah, so I'm actually an adult transracial and international adoptee. I was born in Santiago, Chile, and I was raised in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Mm. And I'm a clinical therapist and I work, I'm in private practice. And my entire career has been working within the foster care and adoption world within child welfare, working with families. And now that I'm in private practice, I still work with the same population. I would say about 95 to 98% of my clients are adoptees or adoptive parents. Mm. And I just really wanted a tool that they could use where the kids felt represented and where parents had a guide to kind of how to have some of those tougher conversations. There's a parent guide in the back. So I wanted it to be not just a story, but a tool that families could use. Amy, the cover of this book is so charming. It's so adorable. And it says pictures by Aaron Kim and Caleb Yee. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, so I really wanted my whole project to be done by adoptees. And so I knew Caleb from a long, from many years ago, we traveled to Korea together on a homeland tour. I was a social worker working with a bunch of families who were traveling to Korea. So I, I just stayed in touch with him for many, many, many years. And he does amazing artwork. And he introduced me to Aaron. And the three of us collaborated and they really brought my vision to life and all the illustrations. I just really wanted everything on this project to be touched by adoptees, to show little adoptees that our community can be so strong and tight-knit and that we're better together. Wow. Well, Amy, then when that day came and you finally got the first copy, you got to open up that box, pull it out and hold it in your hands and look at it for the first time. What was that moment like for you? It was really surreal. My husband got home before me and I made him promise not to open the box. <laughs> and then, yeah, I just, it was so surreal to see everything in print. And I was just so excited. I think I went the next day and mailed all the copies out to people who mm -hmm. I wanted to share it with. What are the chances you'll be doing more writing and publishing down the road? Yeah. So I'm actually working on a series for little adoptees. I really want them to have more representation in literature and help families have more resources and tools to have those big, tough conversations with them. 
I don't think our adoption narrative does a really accurate job of portraying all the complexities that come along with adoption. And so I really want to give families a tool and children a chance to be seen and affirmed in their experiences. Mm. Now, Amy, being the first time through the publishing process, I'm sure you learned an awful lot. What advice could you give now to people who are just about to do that same thing? I think follow your gut and honestly have fun. You know, let your vision come to life because nobody can see your ideas better than you can. Mm. So just stay true to whatever your project is speaking to you, and I think it'll turn out great. Oh, Amy, is writing something that comes easy to you? You know, a lot of times we sit down and sometimes the words aren't flowing out and you get writer's block. Is it easy or do you get challenges sometimes? I think writing has always just been very therapeutic to me. Mm. I remember as a little girl in elementary school, our school would break every day for a half hour to read. And every single day I would ask my teacher, can I write instead of read? Because I just wanted to put my ideas on paper. Mm. And I've always been writing. So I think that it's just something that I use as a therapeutic tool and just something that helps me process whatever it is that I'm going through in my life. Hmm. Well, this book certainly is going to help and inspire an awful lot of people. It's titled Being Adopted. It's written by Amy Wilkerson, and it's published by Fulton Books. You can find this everywhere like Amazon and Barnes & Noble at iTunes and at Google Play, traditional brick-and-mortar stores everywhere. Amy, thank you again for coming by the show. I had such a nice time chatting with you tonight. Yeah, thank you so much. It was really great. Sitting down with me now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable is author Bradley J. Bedell. Bradley, thank you for being here. Oh, thank you. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's really exciting. you got a new book out in stores now. It's called Jeepers and Creepers, A Tale of Two Sisters. So can you tell me all about it? So basically, it is a 30-day family and children's devotional based on my two daughters, Rachel and Ashlyn, with real-life scenarios. And some are made up, but they all apply to things that, you know, happen in our everyday life. Hmm. And where did Jeepers and Creepers come from? <laughs> that is an excellent question. Actually, for anybody, you know, who's a parent and understands that sometimes you get into situations with your children, you don't always have the words for them. And <laughs> sometimes with my kids, when they were younger, I would just say, oh, jeepers, creepers. And then my oldest daughter, Rachel, she actually kind of took that to the next level and called herself jeepers and her sister creepers. So <laughs> I, I just went with it. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's so wonderful. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the cover right now. It's so beautiful. And the illustrations are so important in children's books. So what was right. that process like? So basically, Christian Faith Publishing, they have a team of artists that, you know, you give them a basic idea of what you're looking for. And they did an absolutely phenomenal job of taking the concept of my daughters playing together. They just went with it. It looks like you said, it looks amazing. I'm very pleased with how that turned out. And I understand you're hoping that this could turn into a series. Uh, yes, that's correct. I'm actually working on the next manuscript, which is going to be about Jeepers and Creepers getting ready for Christmas and remembering the true purpose of celebrating Jesus's coming to Earth. Mm, so important. Absolutely. Now, have you ever done anything like this before when it comes to writing a book or publishing? So it's something I've wanted to do for a while. Uh, I really enjoyed writing short stories and just my English classes in school. Mm. 
and I felt like God was putting it on my heart. It was I wrote it during a time where God was kind of bringing me through a lot of difficult circumstances, and it's just something that I I don't know. I, I just I've always enjoyed being creative and telling stories. Mm. It's such a personal thing for you. What was it like then for you when you got to hold that first copy in your hands after all this hard work? <laughs> you know, I'm even I'm getting emotional just thinking about it mm. right now. It was. Honestly, a, a very long process. It kept getting put on the back burner for several different reasons. So when I first held that first copy, it just blew me away. It was humbling and exciting. It just filled me with joy and gratitude. Well, Bradley, obviously your daughters, your family are hugely inspirational to you. Are there other people in your life that you would say are inspirational and motivational to you as well? Oh, absolutely. I'd say one person that stands out that's been huge blessing and a huge voice of wisdom and guidance for my family has been our pastor and his wife. Mm. They've just been there for us through all of our ups and downs, and they've definitely exemplified the love of Christ. You often learn a lot when you take on the publishing process. So, Bradley, what advice would you give to the aspiring authors out there? I guess I would just say, Kind of like Nike, just do it. Mm -hmm. You know, you can talk about an idea until you're blue in the face, but until you put the pen to paper and make it happen, it's always just going to be an idea. And you don't want to let something like that, especially if God has called you to it, you don't want that to slip by and have a regret down the road wishing you had done it. So just do it, be patient, seek God, and just write whatever he puts in your heart. You know, a lot of us authors get writer's block from time to time. Do you deal with that kind of thing? And, and how do you get through it? I, I absolutely deal with it from time to time. So then you just kind of have to take a step back, breathe, pray. Basically, just try to refocus and remember like where you want to go, what the purpose of the book is, or what the purpose of whatever it is you're writing, and just try to find your place again. Hmm. My listeners should check this book out. It's titled Jeepers and Creepers, A Tale of Two Sisters. It's written by Bradley J. Bedell, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. Of course, you can get this everywhere, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Bradley, it was really great having you on the show today. Thanks again for stopping by. Uh, thank you as well. I definitely had a good time talking to you as well. I appreciate it. There's an interesting question posed by the title of this book. The title is, Is the United States in Biblical Prophecy? I'm interested in finding out more about it, and the author, Steve G. Carvelis, is right here with me now to talk all about it. Steve, thank you so much for joining me here tonight. Yes, glad to be here. It's great you got this book out in stores right now. Is the United States in Biblical Prophecy? Can you tell me all about it? It was something that was on my mind quite a bit with uh, all the political events going on when I started writing the book. Just uh, kind of relating to how we came to being as a country, you know, our inception and how God's blessed us. And we always heard about us being a Christian nation. And then reflecting on that and all the things going on, there was so much negative things with the presidential election and civil unrest and Talking to people at church after a service, they're all thinking, oh, well, the rapture is going to happen anytime now, real quick, because all the events going on for the United States. And started reflecting on that, that we need to look at how God is working with Israel as a nation. And anytime you're looking at biblical prophecy or different events going on, we really have to see how God is working with Israel as a nation 
and how we can wrap around that concept of the Abrahamic covenant and where we fit in biblically. Hmm. So when it comes to writing and publishing, have you ever done anything like this before? No, I mean, I wrote little things and preached some time and taught, but hmm. I've never taken on a project as far as writing a whole book like this, no. Hmm. Did it take you a long time then to write this and then put through the publishing process? Yeah, it was quite an experience. It took me about a month or two just thinking about it, because when you start writing a project like this, you do the introduction first, and you build on that through your whole book, through the whole process. So it took me uh, probably about eight months to go through the process of thinking and writing and developing uh, the different chapters I had in the book. About eight months. Hmm. Publishing process took another eight to ten months, so it took a little while. Now, the book's about biblical prophecy, so was it primarily Christians that you were reaching out to with this? I was kind of looking at, as far as encouraging believers, because I know in the church, many believers are very discouraged with all the negative news and sometimes just feeling that maybe God is not working with a believer mm. or is not in, as engaged. So my intent was to write to believers to encourage them, to see how God's blessed us, brought us into a being as a nation, the birth, the colonization, and the writing. And I go through a section of the writing of the um, Constitution and how the godly men were used and developed like 28 principles to write our Constitution. And also, all even up to the last days of um, Donald J. Trump moving the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, which is a further consummation of Israel as a Jewish state, recognizing him and how he blessed us. But then also reflecting on just going through the end times. But I also considering when I got saved, I had my own personal testimony in there of my salvation. I had no idea anything about the Scripture, the Bible. It just looked like just one big book. I read the book of Genesis, and I said, man, that's a long chapter. <laughs> I didn't realize that was an individual book in the Bible. <laughs> I wrote it with the idea that if an unsaved person picks it up and reads it, that it will explain where we came from as a United States of America with the colonies and believers at the early stages of our colonization up through Harry S. Truman recognizing the Jewish state, recognizing Israel as a nation and the importance of that and how God called them as a nation and also the terminology, who the Messiah, the Prince is, the Lord Jesus Christ, what the tribulation is. We spent, I have a couple of chapters towards the end as we're finishing up through the book and developing the tribulation, part one and two, Jesus' return, setting up the kingdom, but also other terms like Daniel's 70th week or the rapture, things like that. I try to write it so an unsaved person and encourage them. I wrote it evangelistically also where my intent is that people will pick it up, not only be encouraged as believers, but also persons not saved have no concept or idea who God is or what the Bible is, what a Christian is, would see some of these terminologies and kind of reflect on their heart and maybe get saved by reading the book. Hmm. The title of this book is, Is the United States in Biblical Prophecy? It's written by Steve G. Carvelis and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can pick this up anywhere like Amazon and Barnes & Noble at iTunes and at traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Steve, thanks again for coming on the show here with me tonight. I had a really nice time talking with you. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it, that's for sure. The Bible for My Child, 
That's the name of the new book in stores now by Leroy E. Walters, and I'm really delighted that he's sitting right here with me now to talk all about it. Leroy, thanks for being here with me tonight. You're welcome. Could you tell me what The Bible for My Child is all about? Well, it was written for mainly for the young people. Young people have a tendency to ask questions more often than the adults. And I figured that I would try to answer those questions for the young people. That was kind of my purpose. Hmm. You said this is an interpretation of the Bible put in today's terms. So can you go into that? Well, I've just tried to explain it to a point that a lot of quick answers were given, not necessarily an accurate answer. I tried to make it accurate and try to put it in modern language. Can you tell me how this book came about? How'd you get the idea to write this and publish it? Oh, years ago, I used to be a Sunday school teacher. I knew that young people would ask pretty much the same questions. Uh, I would try to answer them, and I didn't always have a good answer. Uh, the more I thought about it, the more I thought it would be necessary. Hmm. Leroy, when you say young people, are you referring to young adults, teenagers, children? Well, more uh, a high school age type or some younger than that. I used to teach that Sunday school in that period, mostly high school children. But yeah, right now, young adults, I'd say. Leroy, is this the first time you've been published then? Oh, I published it on the book before, but it was on church windows. Hmm. And it was strictly a local book, so it wasn't anything out there for it, but it was a funny book. <laughs> <laughs> Did The Bible for My Child take you a long time to write? I spent probably researching and going through it and everything. It was probably about seven years. And then after all that time, after all that research, when you got the first copy, what was that moment like for you when you were holding it in your hands? <laughs> Very surprised. <laughs> what would you say now, after all this, is the most rewarding aspect of being a published author, knowing that your work is out there for the world? Well, I'm happy, and I just pray it makes at least saves one soul, maybe. I feel if it does one soul good, and it's, it's done its work. Looking ahead, Leroy, have you given any thought to maybe writing another? Uh, some thought, but not really sure what I'm going to cover yet. We have an awful lot of listeners out there right now who are authors just starting out. They haven't published yet, but they want to get something out there. What would your best advice be for them? You don't know what you can do until you try. Mm. Leroy, when it comes to your writing, your faith, or your life, who inspires you? I would I'd have to say that was God, because very much so, I was very much an uneducated individual. I graduated from high school. I still couldn't read or write. Wow. I made it into the Army, and they were good enough to get me to go on. Mm -hmm. Leroy, would you say that the Bible for My Child was easy for you to write, or did you have a lot of starts and stops and maybe some writer's block? I would kind of say that there's quite a few starts and stops. <laughs> uh, what would you do when the writing gets tough and you didn't know what to write next? Well, I just wait it out because you can't do much other than when you get a blockage, you just got to wait and see. Mm. And kind of work it out from there. Oftentimes when you're a writer, you're also an avid reader. And I can assume the Bible is a big part of your reading diet. Is there anything else you find yourself drawn to when you sit down to read? Oh, I like a good, good Bible. I read a good story. I've read several uh, Glenn Beck's books. You know, it's pretty much just life in itself. But a lot of times when I get a blockage, I will read somebody's book. Mm. It helps to get out of that area. Leroy, if you had to sum it all up, what message would you like young people to know from the Bible for my child? Mainly is I've tried to tell the truth of what the Bible actually says, not what people think. 
And that sometimes is hard because you have to criticize some of the teaching of the church because it's out of date. Mm. And so that makes it kind of rough. This book is out in stores right now. It's titled The Bible for My Child. It's written by Leroy E. Walters, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can pick this up anywhere like Amazon and Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. It's been great having you on the show, Leroy. Thank you again for stopping by. Well, thank you very much, and I hope it does the people well. The book I have here now is said to appeal to every member of the family. It's titled A Cowgirl Princess, and it's written by Barbara Seabright Rothfuss. Barbara's right here with me now to talk about it. Barbara, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Can you tell me all about A Cowgirl Princess? It's about a girl that gets a very special Christmas present at Christmas time. The whole book is based on family and how they stick together and help each other out. And it's a, about a horse farm that they had. Hmm. Barbara, how did you get the idea for this story? Actually, it's from my past. My uncle, Matt Mallory's in the book. He uh, had a horse farm, and he had racehorses, and he sold horses to Nashville, Tennessee, to movie stars. And I started from there, from where I remember him having that horse farm and selling the horses. And then my cousin J.D., he had a racehorse, and he had a horse named Popcorn, and that's where I get the idea of Popcorn. And basically, it's all based around my childhood memories. Hmm. Barbara, have you ever written a book before, or have you ever been published? No, I have not. What persuaded you then to sit down, write this book, and seek publication? I really can't answer that. I think it was spiritual. I think it was a blessing from heaven. Was writing and publishing this a long process for you? It was kind of interesting, and I didn't know what I was in for, but I think I did pretty good. And the pictures stem from my uncle's horse farm and his hired hands and my family memories of their parents and just cowgirl. This is such a personal thing for you. What was it like for you then, Barbara, whenever that day came, the first copy, you got to hold it in your hands for the very first time. What was that like? Actually, I was stunned, shocked, and I sent a copy to my cousin, J.D., and he said that was the best present I could have ever given. Mm. So I'm glad I got the book to him before he passed away. Mm. And we have a lot of listeners right now who are just starting out. So do you have any advice that you could give them? Just go follow your heart. That's what I did. Follow my heart. Looking back over the whole experience, what's the most rewarding aspect for you of being a published author? That it's strictly my family, family names and my families. And that was my reward, the um, family interest and togetherness. Barbara, what are the chances that there'll be a follow-up to this book or maybe some other sort of writing in the future? Well, actually, when I was writing it, I was inspired, and I know it would be a lot. I wanted to make a movie out of it, actually. Hmm. And whenever you sit down to read, Barbara, what kinds of things do you find yourself drawn to? Mostly spiritual books. 
Well, it sounds like writing might come to you pretty easy, Barbara. Do you ever encounter challenges, writer's block, things like that? No, actually, it just came to me. And I just started writing, and I just couldn't stop until I finished the book. Mm. I just kept writing and writing. These ideas just came to my head, and they were just a spiritual thing, I'm sure. What was it like working with the illustrations, such a big part of children's books? And so you've written this story, and now you have to line up the visuals with what your words say. What was that like? Yes, well, I had already had my um, images made. And I got them out of different cowboy and cowgirl books, and I made copies of them, and then I sent that in what I wanted in my book. Well, I encourage families to check this book out. It's titled A Cowgirl Princess. It's written by Barbara Seabright Rothfuss, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. Of course, you can find this everywhere that you shop for books like Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Well, Barbara, thank you again for stopping by the show. I had such a wonderful time talking with you. All righty, thank you. The next book we're talking about says it's the P90X of real estate books. It's called I Got the Keys, and it's written by Zachary Mitchell. He's here right now with me to talk about it. Zachary, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Hey, Corey, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Your book, I Got the Keys, Real Estate Recipe. Can you tell me all about it? Sure. This book, if I were a coach and real estate was a sport, then this book would be the playbook. Hmm. I have read many real estate books before entering the business 20 years ago, and I found that there was a lot of fluff in the books, a lot of motivational techniques but there was no meat. There was no iceberg below the water mm. of information to actually get me started into being successful in the business. So I wanted to create a book that actually got down to the nitty gritty of how to be successful and the ins and outs of the business to be successful. This book is the X's and O's. I call it the X's and O's of real estate. To put it in a football perspective, I was a big sports guy. So, I, <laughs> yeah, th that's what the book is about. Mm. Zachary, were you writing this for a specific audience? I was writing this for beginners, anybody wanting to get in the real estate business, particularly first-time home buyers. It's a great book for them. Mm. Wealth building, people are looking to wealth build, and anybody looking to get in the real estate business, it's a step-by-step -step process on what to do. And was this book something that took you a long time to write and then get published? It took me about two years. I've been doing real estate for the last 20 years, Corey. Mm. A lot of people ask me questions. I also worked for the tax assessor's office for about 15 years. A lot of people would ask me questions about real estate and real estate taxes. Now I can just say, hey, why don't you go buy my book and it'll <laughs> answer all your questions. So basically, I just wrote down all the questions that I would get asked and I kind of formulated it into a book. I included, you know, my ideas and ideologies, of course. That was pretty much how the book came into fruition. Yeah, it sounds like something a lot of people can definitely use. So have you ever done anything like this before? Have you ever written a book or been published? I mean, this is my first time, and I'm absolutely stoked about it. I can't be more excited. I've never written a book before. 
but I had some help with some editors and uh, my publisher. And I think it's a really good product that people will enjoy and learn from and potentially become successful with. Mm. What are the chances that there'll be another book in your future? You'll be writing and publishing more. It's definitely in the future, being that I'm more going from a point in my life of not helping myself, but helping. I want to help others. Mm. So the best way to do that is to write information down that could help others. So I definitely see, you know, writing another book in the future, possibly concentrating more on development, major development like townhome project, new construction projects apartment buildings, you know, the commercial side. This, mm. My book is more as an introductory side to the residential side. There are some techniques that can be used in commercial as well, but my next book, I think, will be concentrated on the commercial aspect of real estate. Mm. Now, after those two years of working on your book, whenever you opened up the mailbox and there it was, the first copy of I Got the Keys, what was going through your head? Oh my gosh, Corey, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I would never in this world thought that I would have a book with my name on it. I mean, it was an undescribable feeling. You only get that feeling maybe, you know, five times in life. You know, one, my childbirth, of course, maybe a graduation from school. That kind of feeling of euphoria sets in and accomplishment sets in. So it's indescribable. I can't, I couldn't believe it. I was happy. I went and celebrated. I almost started <laughs> selling it as soon as I got my preliminary copy that was meant for editing. I wanted to go out and sell it right away, <laughs> but uh, I couldn't, of course, I had to wait till the process comes. So yeah, it was, it was definitely a great enjoyment seeing the book, seeing the hard copy. Zachary, what advice would you give to our listeners now who are authors just starting out? Corey, that would be just to write out your thoughts. Mm. I mean, Writing a book may sound may sound hard and difficult, especially when you read books that can be anywhere from two to three pages long. I mean, my goodness, I mean, it would seem like that would be a big, big task to do. But as you just write your thoughts out and then you organize your thoughts and after a while, you compile a great bit of information. And I would just encourage them to write out their thoughts and then just formulate and organize your thoughts into a book. And that's the advice I would give. The listeners should check out this book. It's called I Got the Keys, Real Estate Recipe. It's written by Zachary Mitchell and is published by Fulton Books. You can find this everywhere like Amazon and Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Zachary, thanks again for coming by the show. I had a nice time talking with you. Hey, I appreciate it, Corey. Have a great time. I enjoy my time on here. Thank you for the wonderful questions, and thank you for letting me get my book out to the public, and I wish you nothing but much success, Corey. Here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable is author Hurtis V. Davis. Hurtis, thank you for joining me tonight. Thank you for having me. It's wonderful you have a new book out in stores right now. It's titled Kiki and the Spider on Economics and Strategic Moves. So could you tell me all about the book? Well, the book is basically about, it introduces at entry level, the environmental factors regarding people's options surrounding economical movement that can be facilitated in the people's decision to strategize their financial endeavors early on in their lives. Hmm. What sorts of reading audience did you have in mind when you were writing? 
the audience that I was hoping to capture were young adults, as well as adults themselves also, if they need more information on how to strategize their financial endeavors. Hmm. Curtis, it sounds like you might have seen a need in this particular audience for this sort of thing. Was that the case? Well, I, I did see a need. Early on in my young life, I wasn't really taught things like that. Mm. You know, nowadays, children are, you know, starting businesses. But, you know, in, in my generation, starting businesses was something that I was thinking about. Now that I've noticed on the media that there are a lot of children who are entering into the business world. And and when I thought about the book at first, I wasn't thinking about that. Mm. But as I hear more and more about children entering into that type of endeavor, I, I thought Kiki and a Spider would be a great tool for children, mostly that are in the eighth grade and getting ready to go into you know high school and college. They need to learn the constitution to graduate eighth grade. But I thought since nowadays, since children are actually, you know, introducing themselves to the business world, I thought mm. economics would be a great tool to connect with the Constitution as they graduate. Mm. Did Kiki and the Spider take you a long time to write and then publish? No, it didn't take me very long to write it, but it did take me a while to make sure I had all the <laughs> details I needed for it to be a successful book. Mm. Have you ever done anything like this before when it comes to writing or publishing, especially children's books? Not children's books, but I have done other writings. And do you have any advice now? You know, a lot of our listeners are aspiring authors. They want to get their first book out there. What advice do you have for them? I would advise that they do a lot of research on what they're intending to write and make sure that it's filled with a lot of detail that anyone can understand. Have you given any thought to more writing and more publishing down the road? I have. I plan on writing another book. However, it's not going to be a children's book. It's going to be a more of a romance novel. Hmm. And after all the time and hard work that you put into writing and publishing, whenever that day comes, you open up the mailbox and there's that first copy in there. What is going through your head at that point? I can't believe it. I have a book out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that you think about it all, what's the most rewarding aspect for you of being a published author and knowing that your thoughts are out there for the world? The reward that I'm getting from it all is that my name is being distributed to a, a number of people, possibly the world. Mm. And I'm really happy about that. I get a chance to speak what's on my mind. Curtis, is writing generally something that comes easy to you, or do you get challenges like writer's block and things like that? I have had, you know, issues with writer's block. Mm. And that's only because it's not that I had, didn't have any ideas to come up with. It was because I wanted my ideas to be exciting, and I want them to be understood by a lot of people when I write them. So... Mm. I kind of take my time in, in writing because I want it to be so exciting. Hmm. And Hurtis, when you do write, do you have a time and a place that you like to do it? Or do you just kind of write as the inspiration hits? Uh, I kind of write as the inspiration hits. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you find the most challenging part about the publishing process to be? Is it editing your work? Is it figuring out the cover? What is it for you? 
it's editing my work mm. because I want to make sure that I don't remove or add too much that's possibly needed or not needed in my writings. Mm. Well, the book is titled Kiki and the Spider on Economics and Strategic Moves. The book's written by Hurtis V. Davis, and it's published by Fulton Books. You can find this everywhere, like Amazon and Barnes & Noble and iTunes and Google Play and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Thank you for joining me again tonight, Hurtis. It was wonderful talking with you and finding out about Kiki and the Spider. Thank you for having me. Author Matthew Dean Duplantis is sitting down next to me now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Matthew, thank you for joining me here tonight. Thank you. It's fantastic. You have a new book out in stores right now. It's titled God Loves You, 1 John 4.16. So can you tell us all about it? It's basically, I call it positive prayer myself. Hmm. It brings us back to uh, a Christian roots. And what sorts of readers did you have in mind when you were writing this? Christians in general, any religion, Christians span the three quarters of the people of the earth. So I figured, why not involve everybody? Hmm. How long of a journey was this for you to write this and get it put through the publishing process? Four years. And is this the first time you've embarked on this journey when it comes to writing a book or being published? Yes, this is my first time. I'm sure you learned a lot along the way, especially being your first time. So well, what advice would you give to people who are just about to do the same thing? Prayer has always been an avenue for me to pray into God. Hmm whomever you hold, the creator of the universe, be able to communicate and ask for help. Most people don't even, don't even know they can even ask. Mm. But it's there. The Christian faith is there. Mm. And depending on your own point of view, there's other, there's quite a few Christian religions out there to choose from. And there's nothing like seeing that finished product, Matthew. So what was it like for you whenever that day came and the first copy of God Loves You came in the mail, and you got to hold it for the first time. What was going through your head? A dream. Hmm. A dream to share positivity with the world, where it could very well be sometimes too stressful in our 21st century. Matthew, have you thought about what's next? Maybe writing another book, seeking more publishing? Not at the moment. Just the first one. Now you have your first one out there, such a huge accomplishment. So thinking about that, what's the most rewarding aspect for you of now being a published author? Sharing the good word, the good news with Christian people of all faiths, show that God really does care. He just wants to care back. He just wants to be able to communicate with us through prayer. Mm. Matthew, is writing an easy thing for you, or do you get challenges like writer's block or maybe just not knowing where to go next? No, there's no outline. There's no index. I started with a particular thought. It was a run on the very same thought. It just led one step to the other, sort of like telling a story and following those little steps. I'm hoping the, the readers will appreciate what I have to share to them. So it sounds like a journey of discovery, not only for the reader, but this was also one for yourself as well. Yes. I'd learned a life of, of being more positive when I moved out of my parents' house, and I wanted to heal. I knew I had to do that, but I wanted to share the same things I learned of positivity with the glass for me now is half full, not half empty. Mm. And Matthew, when you sit down to read, what kinds of things do you find yourself drawn to? I, I assume the Bible might be one of those. Yes, 
Actually, it is. The Roman Catholic faith has been a backbone for my life. The Bible itself, I've done plenty of reading, and actually, there's a lot I haven't read. I initially started with just the New Testament, but there's some Old Testament books that I'm starting to understand that's also very beneficial. Mm. And Matthew, do you have a routine for writing? Like, do you like to maybe do it in the morning, at night, at, at a certain place, or do you just find yourself writing whenever that inspiration strikes you? It struck me because I had to, I figured out I needed to uh, do something in life, mm. like get married, for example, and I needed some way to support my future idea of marriage. I couldn't do it empty-handed. I looked at my life, asked my question to myself, what can I share that no one else knows? Mm. And I immediately and kept coming back to prayer, which is, I've got most of it through the Roman Catholic Bible myself. The name of the book is God Loves You, 1 John 4.16. This is written by Matthew Dean Duplantis, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. Of course, you can find this everywhere that you shop for books like Amazon and Barnes & Noble and iTunes and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Matthew, I really appreciate you coming on the show here with me again tonight. I had a really nice time talking with you. Thanks. God bless you. Ariel is the name of the new book. It's in stores now by author Janet Rowe, and I'm really happy that Janet is sitting right next to me now here to talk about it. Janet, thank you for joining me tonight. You're welcome. I'm enjoying this already. It's great to have you here. Can you tell me all about your book, Ariel? Well, it starts out rather a whimsical kind of fantasy, but then it gets into my memoirs, which are rather abbreviated. I believe it was a bit of a cleansing for me. Hmm. I get very emotional about that book. What persuaded you to sit down and tell your story and publish it? I have always wanted to write a book. And um, my late husband um, rather thought that was a waste of time. He preferred that I had a living. Hmm. <laughs> and so I have always worked. And he passed away over three years ago. And about a year ago, I lost a lot of weight, and I realized that I wanted to write a book. Mm. And this is the one that, that worked for me. Janet, what kinds of readers did you have in mind when you were writing this? I really thought it was, it was for an adult audience, but as I got into it, I realized it was more for people who have had adversities, who have not had support. Mm. If you read the book, you'll understand that I've, I've had quite a few adversities. I had a birth defect at, when I was born, and that really colored my younger life. My mother was not acceptive. I'm hoping that some of the people who will read it will find that regardless of what they've been through, there's always hope. And I do have a guardian angel, and that is a big part of my life. Janet, that day when you went to the mail, got the box, opened it up, and pulled out the first copy of Ariel, you got to hold it in your hands for the first time. What was that like? It was extremely surreal. I had been published with a short thing in high school in the newspaper, and that made me feel good. But, but to open a book that I poured my heart into, that's a feeling that is indescribable. Mm. And I remember, you know, I can still remember opening it up and, and just, I wrote that. It's a sense of accomplishment. Now, what words of advice could you give to the authors listening right now who are just starting out and just want to get things going? Well, 
I think that if you have a story that you really want to tell, write it down and get it done. Mm. I just moved from Florida and I spoke to a woman who is her early 80s and she has this really neat story about a mouse. And I looked at her and I said, well, did you write it down? Oh, no, she said, it's just in my head. I said, well, write it down. I said, it's a children's story. And to this day, I I know she hasn't written it down. And I feel bad because there are a lot of people who have stories that are either going to tickle some child's imagination or they're going to help some adult who's having problems or even a teenager maybe find their way. It's very important, even if it's just a little publication in a local newspaper. If you have a story, please get it out. Some It will help someone. Absolutely. And Janet, what are the chances that you'll be writing more and seeking more publishing in the future? I already have a, another book with Covenant. Hmm. This is a youth book, probably ages 8 to 11, but it's the kind of story that you could read to a four, five, six-year-old. And it's not a real long story. It's a fantasy about an angel who gains her wings. And I have some characters in there. And this book has some illustrations. I'm really excited about this book coming out. Well, that's wonderful, Janet. Keep writing. The name of this book is Ariel. It's written by Janet Rowe, and it's published by Covenant Books. You can find this everywhere that you shop for your reading material, like at Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, on iTunes, and at traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Janet, thank you again for stopping by the show. I had such a nice time talking with you. Well, I enjoyed it. Thank you very much. This book is a very personal collection of poetry about life, and it's in stores now. It's titled A Collection of Poetry About Life. It's written by Shannon Anderson, and she's right here with me now to talk about it. Shannon, thanks for joining me tonight. Thank you, Corey. It's really exciting. People can pick up this collection of poetry about life everywhere, Shannon. Can you tell us all about it? Basically, it's about everything that I went through in my 50 years of living. And I just put most of my experiences that I dealt with into poetry. Hmm. And what gave you the idea to write this and have it published for the world? Well, actually, my aunt inspired me and my mom to write the books because I've basically been writing since I was 19. And I decided to get them published because of the pandemic. So many people were going through some of the topics that I touched on in my book, and I thought it would be an inspiration to people to hold on and keep the faith. Hmm. Specifically, were there target readers that you had in mind whenever you were putting this out? Actually, no. It's for all ages. I mean, the young, the old, it really doesn't matter. So I wasn't specifically targeting any age, just anyone who found any of the poetry helpful. I have a feeling this is the first time that you've been published. Is that correct? Yes, sir. This is my first book that I've actually published. And I'm looking forward to putting out a part two to the collection book of poetry. Oh, how far along are you with that? Well, maybe about another couple of months because I want to at least have about 50 to maybe 55 poems. Right now, I'm only at 42. So I want to try to come up with a little bit more poems to complete the book. And my goal is to probably stop around 50, maybe 55 poems at the least. What did it feel like then whenever you got the first copy of a collection of poetry about life in your hands? You got to hold it. What was going through your mind? 
Oh my God. It was like a dream come true. I mean, like I said, I've been writing since I was 19. I actually got my first book published at the age of 50. So I was so overwhelmed, excited. I mean, I accomplished a goal that I set out to do, become a published author. And now that you are a published author, what advice can you offer to those listening right now who aren't published yet, but they want to be? The most advice that I can offer any author that want to have their book published is make sure that you get a publishing company. <laughs> you don't know all the aspects, the ins and outs to publishing a book. You need that professional help. I know a lot of people like to publish their books independently, but for my first time, I was unaware of the experience and basically Fulton Book have enlightened me in publishing my book. And I was just so thankful that I had someone who was actually working in the field that was very friendly and knowledgeable. And I am so thankful and grateful for her and her expertise. Mm. And now that you have your book out there, you're working on your second book, what would you say is the most rewarding aspect for you of being a published author now? Individuals coming up to me and telling me how I've changed their life. And I have not changed their life. I'm just a messenger from God. God changed their life. I was just a messenger putting the poetry into play. It feels good that people look at me as an inspiration. But they need to look to God because I am not the inspiration. I cannot save lives, nor can I change lives. So I give all the glory and honor to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And Shannon, we're thankful that you're using the gifts that God's given you to reach out and inspire others. The name of the book is A Collection of Poetry About Life. It's written by Shannon Anderson, and it's published by Fulton Books. You can find this everywhere, like Amazon and Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Shannon, thank you again for joining me tonight. I had a great time talking with you. Thank you, Corey. And I look forward to all of the readers purchasing my book. I hope you all enjoy each and every poem. And stay encouraged. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Reader House Author Roundtable where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. We hope to see you back here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Podserve, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where independent new authors come first. 